Nowadays, a lot of these big companies pretend to care about our communities and issues with nothing more than lip service. State Farm is the opposite. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help educate in financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow Black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something they care deeply about. They want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Forum understands that representation alone doesn't mean authenticity, that it takes a good neighbor to sponsor programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, and to fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of black and brown youth that to date participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey ladies, it's Dr. Joy. As women, we put our hearts into everything. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month, and it's time to focus on our heart health. Release the Pressure wants to help Black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. During High Blood Pressure Education Month, let's help get to our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Visit iHeartRadio.com RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. That's iHeartRadio.com RTP. I've seen quite a few videos on social media recently of young women soliciting help in finding the perfect dress for graduation. Might I suggest you add Macy's to your list? They have lots of options for dresses that will transition perfectly from under your gown to that incredible dinner with family after the ceremony. Check out options from brands like On 34th, Michael Kors, DKNY, and many more. Shop at Macy's.com or in-store. Buying your first car can make you feel like a superstar as it's a big purchase, but it can take time to get there. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit helps you take control of your finances through products like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T dot com to start living yours. Let's get into it. You may have heard that most people who are Black have O-type blood. O is commonly needed for emergencies. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? Regardless of blood type, every day our blood saves lives and eases the pain of those living with sickle cell. Donate blood at Red Cross to help save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. We have to examine all the ethics and all the stuff mm-hmm. that came our way. Does it actually make sense for the people we serve? Because Absolutely. we already know that the mental health industry has historically been mm-hmm. white male driven. Mm-hmm. And if that has been the case, then chances are the ethics that they let us have are white male focused and thus driven by capitalism and white supremacy. That yes. requires us to do additional work. Come on with this opening prayer. Come on, come on. Welcome to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast. 
a weekly conversation about mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. For more information or to find a therapist in your area, visit our website at therapyforblackgirls.com. While I hope you love listening to and learning from the podcast, it is not meant to be a substitute for a relationship with a licensed mental health professional. Hey, y'all. Thanks so much for joining me for session 158 of the Therapy for Black Girls podcast. I sincerely hope that you're doing your very best to take really good care of yourself right now and finding even very small ways to tap into your resilience. This past week has definitely been a rough one. And while I considered sharing another episode about racism, the truth is that I'm feeling pretty exhausted by the continuing brutality we face and felt like I needed a little levity this week. And maybe you do too. Dr. Donna Oriowo is back with us to debrief on this week's episode of Insecure. If you're not familiar, Dr. Oriowo is an author, international speaker, and certified sex and relationship therapist in the Washington, D.C. metro area. The owner of A Nod Right, Dr. Donna specializes in working with Black women on issues related to colorism and texturism and its impact on mental health and sexual health. She's the author of Cocoa Butter and Hair Grease, a self-love journey through hair and skin. She and I chatted about the conditions that had to exist for Issa and Lawrence to be able to have that conversation, how you might know if you need to or are ready for a conversation like that with someone from your past, our thoughts on whether this was a closure conversation or a brand new start, and our predictions for the rest of the season. Here's our conversation. So I am thankful for you joining me again. Even I am now. always grateful and <laughs> yes. so excited to be invited back. You know I love doing this. <laughs> yes, I mean, and I know we had a conversation even before, um, you know, we started recording just about how we are feeling in the world. Yeah, it's just, it's tough. It's, you know, there's so many feelings. And funnily enough, and I feel like this is that thing that you get when you have wonderful clients, and I do. Mm-hmm. They have been asking me back. So we start off every session with a feelings check-in, using the feelings chart, you know, and I've just been like, give them all to me. And then let's break it down. Let's talk about where it is in the body. But they're just like, but you have to hold all my stuff. And I know I'm not the only person you see. So how are you doing? Mm. I'm genuine questions being asked and I will not dishonor them by not giving them an answer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I know that some mm-hmm. people say that it's inappropriate and all that, right. but I'm just like, nah, if my clients ask, I know it's because they actually want to know and right. not a, a sort of rotary question that, you know, you know how like back in the day when we used to get on elevators with people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gotta make like, for small talk. Exactly. For small yes. talk. And that's something that I try to remove from my clients on day one. I'm looking like, Mm-mm. 
So when I ask you how you're doing, I don't mean for you to tell me fine and for you to ask me how I'm doing. I'm looking like, nah, I actually care about what you're feeling. Right. So I want right. the fullness of them. I want the the rawness. If it's beautiful, I want to share that with you. If it's ugly, I want to hold that with you. Whatever it is, I want to be there with you in this space. Yes. So I know that they're asking me legit questions. So I done use my own feelings chart. Like, yes, I feel <laughs> some type of way. I kind of wish a bitch would. <laughs> I've been in this space. But I'm also very grateful that I get to be there with my clients as mm-hmm. we move through this together. Yeah, you know, I think that there is something really powerful about that, right? Because, you know, of course, in our training, it's like, don't make the therapy about you, that kind of thing. But that's not what this is, right? Like, this is a shared space of humanity, especially given everything happening in the world right now. You know, so I think it is important that when clients ask you, like, how are you doing, that it's okay to to share human to human without it becoming about you. Exactly. Yeah. Because I'm just like, hey. All this, I appreciate you asking me and checking in, but let's, you know, like, let's get back to you. Mm-hmm. I will always reroute it. Right. It's definitely not about me. Right. But there's just certain canons that um, I've been examining for myself throughout, you know, with where it comes to the ethics of our practices and things right. like that. Right. And in my quest to continue to divest from white supremacy mm-hmm. and whiteness, myself and the therapist that I hired, this is part of the work that we are doing that I'm just like, nope, we have to examine all the ethics and all the stuff Mm -hmm. that came our way. Does it actually make sense for the people we serve? Because we already know that the mental health industry has historically been white male focused. Mm -hmm. And if that has been the case, then chances are the ethics that they let us have are white male focused, Mm -hmm. white male driven, and thus driven by capitalism and white supremacy that yes. requires us to do additional work. Come on with this opening prayer. Come on. <laughs> come on. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I don't think it's any like accident, right, that in our Facebook groups, right, in the Black Facebook groups for therapists, that we will often talk about how our practice looks very different. You know, like there are lots of things that we have been taught that we have figured out don't work for us and don't work for the clients that we serve. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I, again, am thankful for you joining us. You know, I know we had a little bit of a back and forth, like, oh, does it feel okay to do this? Does it feel, you know, wrong to like do an insecure recap, but also decided that that happiness and, and, you know, the, the warm hug is how I describe it, that it felt like we got on Sunday night was something to also be celebrated and to give people a little Mm -hmm. bit of a reprieve, right? That we can continue to focus on the fight, but also have moments where we are being restored and celebrating joy. And for Black people, seeking joy, seeking pleasure, seeking peace, all of these things are revolutionary as well. These are not things that have been afforded to Black people. So we do deserve moments where we get to re-engage with things that help us to feel good, that make us laugh, that make us engage in a different way. We can still fight this fight, and we are still fighting this fight, even in the midst of rest, even in the midst of seeking pleasure. Yes. White people, they got a lot of work to do, and they should go ahead and do that work. (laughs) But Black people, part of our work is seeking rest and pleasure. Absolutely. Come on, we're going to have to pass the collective uh, (laughs) cash app collection plate. 
(laughs) Send it all. Send it all. (laughs) For giving us this offering. So this week's episode, first of all, we are just going to start off by giving Natasha Rothwell all of her things. Because how impeccable job written was this episode? Oh, it was beautifully written. It was beautifully shot. And then I realized that, oh, I have a penchant for seeking drama in these shows because every time, you know, you get a call, I, I'm I'm wild up. I'm like, uh-oh, she's going to show up, isn't she? She's going to show up and she's going to snatch him. I just knew she was going to be outside at the end of the uh, episode. I just knew. Like, oh, so this is what you're doing? I was, I was just so ready for it. And then it didn't happen. And I, didn't I, I breathed this breath that I didn't know I was even holding. Isn't that something? But you know, the the rest of the episodes this season have kind of led to that, right? I mean, especially the last time you joined us um, with the big blow up with Molly. I mean, it did feel like the collective wind was knocked out of us at that end of the block party. Oh, Um, absolutely. I was just like, oh, oh, oh. Okay, okay. So we did get to breathe a little bit easier this episode. Yeah. And I was just like, you know what? I appreciate this is good timing. Yes, it felt that's what I'm saying. It felt just like a warm hug. It felt like a warm hug. Um, so yes, thank you so much to Natasha Rothwell and I'm forgetting the director's name, but y'all did a beautiful job with this episode. It just was beautiful from beginning to end. So in this episode, it was kind of like this weeks long back and forth between Isan Lawrence, like he called her and said, I want to meet up and it didn't happen. And so finally, they are able to get together. And he's been trying this since, since way back, what, since before the block party. When was it before was, the block party? When remember did he when they the were call? outside? Oh, remember outside when they were outside Tiffany. talking? And um, yeah. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. He wanted to talk back then, but not enough time. Issa was busy. Right. So what, and I'm trying to remember, what do you think sparked him to want to have this conversation with Issa? Condola. So she broke up with him, or they are said, like, maybe we need to reevaluate. And but so we, that's when he started thinking about, like, oh, did I, like, end this I thing with so. Issa too soon? I think it was uh, low-key thankful when she basically was like, if she didn't cheat, it would oh, still be together. Oh, yes, that's right. Got him thinking a thing or two, like, yeah, hmm, right. do I walk away too soon, or do, am I not properly invested? Mm, mm. And I was just like, I really, number one, I appreciated the question. Now, in general, I am so over the saga of Issa and Lawrence. That's just me. <laughs> That's just me. I'm just like, please don't get back together. Let this yes. be a one time we've recuperated and now I move on. But like, just generally, I was just like, I appreciated the question because I often feel there's a double standard when there's cheating. Women mm-hmm. are expected automatically mm-hmm. to forgive. That if they don't forgive, they're not really a ride or die. Mm-hmm. That they're not really invested in a relationship. And I'm just like, wow, flip the question. Yes. Flip the question and really consider, do you walk away too soon? Are you not really invested? Because sometimes, I'll be real, I feel like women can get treated like property. And the idea of another person having sex with their property Mm. is the real issue. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily that they cheated. More like, how did you allow someone else's penis Mm -hmm. to enter you? Yes. So not so much about like the the strength of the relationship or the bond in the relationship, but Mm -hmm. more about the fact that you stepped out. 
Exactly. Specifically stepping out with a man. Mm -hmm. If you're stepping out with a woman, they, I feel like oftentimes people start getting that lesbian sex fantasy thing going Mm -hmm. on in their head Mm -hmm. and they feel like it's forgivable if you allow them to join. Right. So then in that case, even your pleasure in that way still becomes about them. But like this, I was just like, okay, I appreciate the flip of the question and how he has to consider for himself. Did he walk away too soon? Yes. So I want to talk about the conversation kind of generally. So this kind of feels like what in my mind, especially in, you know, for those of you who don't know, my clinical specialty is breakups. And so it kind of reminds me of the conversation that clients often think they are going to have with an ex to Mm kind of receive this closure. And so I thought it was really interesting to see it play out on TV in a way that was like so well-written. And of course, you know, they are characters. But I think what happened is what most people think is going to happen in these quote-unquote closure conversations. And of course, real life does not often look the way it looked, of course, that we saw uh, that Sunday. (laughs) And on top of that, I would say that they they already started the journey toward closure Mm -hmm. well before they had the conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because we need to think about, like, how long has it been since the breakup? At least a year. Maybe more? It's been some time, right? And so I think the other thing that happens is that people try to have this conversation very soon, right, before Mm -hmm. you are actually even ready to have what I thought was a pretty mature conversation between the two of them. And it was beautifully mature, but mm-hmm. I'm just like, I don't want people to get it twisted and start thinking that they're going to have these type of conversations if they go back seeking an ex. I'm like, no, mm-hmm. you, I feel like number one, you can't really be going there with an agenda like that to get closure is to get closure. But most people are not actually seeking closure. They're actually seeking another way to get back with the person that yes. they're no longer with. And I, you know what? I'm calling it a closure conversation, but I mean, so it's yet to be seen and we'll talk about like our predictions, but I don't know actually what Lawrence was going in for, right? Like, I don't Mm -hmm. know if this was him trying to get closure or was this him thinking, okay, do we have another shot at this? I'm hoping it was closure because I'm looking like, man, you about to move to San Francisco. (laughs) That's what I think is going to happen too. That's what I feel like is going to happen too. See, we getting, we getting, we getting ahead of ourselves. We got to, okay, I'm sorry, let me bring it back, bring it back, bring it back. Going back to your comment though, that you hope people don't like think that this is what's going to happen with an ex. Under what circumstances do you think it is appropriate to try to have a conversation like this with an ex? I've had this conversation with the ex. I'm about to marry him. Well, <laughs> so how you going to tell the audience that they can't have this conversation and you about to marry your conversation? Because we did it different. Okay. Okay. So number one, this is our third time together. Uh-huh. The first time we broke up and we tried to get back together and go for it that second time, we did not have the conversation that we needed to have. There was no closure. There was no healing. We just thought that we could just jump back into it. Now, mind you, a whole year had passed between breakup and getting back together. Mm -hmm. And it still didn't work because I wasn't over what happened before. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I hadn't even really conceptualized all the ways I was not over. I jumped into let me try and be friends because he said, let's be friends. Okay, Mm -hmm. I'm going to try to be friends. But I was doing that creepy nonsense that a lot of people do. So I'm calling all of us out. 
where you remain friends with somebody with the hopes that y'all won't get back together. Oh. Let me know that you, let me let you know right <laughs> now that is creepy and manipulative and not okay, but a lot of us do it anyway. We really do, right? And mm-hmm. so we're going to have to just pause here because I'm, I'm feeling a little triggered, um, <laughs> <laughs> right? Because I do think, and I think it is often as women that we are the ones who end up hurt in that situation, right? Like, so we oh, think- Oh, but hurt. Yes, yeah, we but think that kind of just- Because we watch them move on. <laughs> but we think that we're supposed to still be friends yes. and maintain a space for them in our lives. So we get, we get but hurt. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, no, 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 no. Yeah. We allowed this. We opened this door. We said we were willing to be friends before we were ready. Mm-hmm. That's not mm-hmm. okay for yes. anybody involved. Yeah. I mean, and even earlier this season with Issa and Lawrence, there was still this awkwardness, right? Like, especially mm-hmm. after she found out that um, he and Condola were dating, right? So there was still this weirdness and it doesn't feel like until some of these later episodes where they have even been able to get into a place to be able to have this conversation. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I, was, I was grateful that they were able to move into that space. Like she, I mean, I think that having a albeit not really a long conversation with Condola helped. I think that two episodes ago when, you know, she was by herself really considering the words of Molly and whether mm-hmm. or not she uses people. I think that that was also a time for her to just be soul searching in general yeah. and trying to learn more about herself. And despite the fact that she got left at that restaurant with that bill, mm-hmm. I think that she, she's been showing us that she's more than willing to go all in. Right. And that, this for her is along the lines, like I'm going all in with my block party. I'm jumping in with two feet and I'm going to do the work. I'm going to jump in with two feet here and I'm going to do the work and just, you know, just constantly being willing to throw herself in. So throwing herself into this conversation, both feet again, I'm just like, okay, I'm, I'm looking at her and I'm impressed with how willing she is to jump in this way. You know, that makes me think about something that I also noticed in this episode was that, and I know even the last time you and I talked, we talked about like the growth that we had kind of seen Issa have, like mm-hmm. just in terms of confidence and finally kind of figuring out what she wants to do. And I think it's funny how sometimes when you are with like an ex or somebody like who has been removed from your life, maybe for some time and comes back that you can fall into some of those old patterns. Because when they finally got to the restaurant where they ended up eating, there was this like awkwardness about like, okay, do I tell them that I've been here before or, you know, not. And so then Lawrence finally says like, okay, let's have a no, no tiptoeing policy, no eggshells. And so then it felt like it really allowed her to kind of walk back into this confidence that I feel like she has been kind of growing to have this season. Exactly. And it was almost a, let's get to know each other and talk about the people we were back then. Mm -hmm. So it's, you don't actually know me, know me anymore like my drink has changed mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the way I move has changed and both of us are we are not the exact same people that we were back then so let us start here with getting to know each other while also resolving back then and that's what my partner and I needed to do when we were finally ready this third time around to start trying to move forward mm-hmm. and so- I tell people don't do it because they're not Most people are not being honest with themselves about what it is that they're seeking. They're not honest with themselves about their level of healing, about the work that they've done between, and Mm -hmm. then having the conversations as raw and real as they need to be. 
So what are some questions you think you can ask yourself are like, how would you know if you're ready to try to have this kind of conversation? Ooh, I like that question. <laughs> mm. So for me, at this point, when when my partner and I started dating again, or before we even really started dating again, number one, several years had passed. Mm-hmm. We're talking one, two, three, four, five-ish, somewhere along there. A lot of years had passed. Enough years had passed that, number one, I actually had healed. Mm-hmm. I, was, I went to therapy for a while. I did go back to dating this one dude because I was like, yeah, this dude can't hurt my feelings like he can. So, mm-hmm. um, But that was something also that I, I recognized while I was in therapy, that I was mm-hmm. dating somebody because they couldn't hurt me as badly as this other person. Mm-hmm. So being able to call myself in around those things with love. I had decided at some point, like I had done all this work. I had been single by myself, living my absolute best life. And I'm talking about, I was going on trips alone, going to dinner alone, going to movies alone. I learned to really enjoy my own company and fall in love with me in such a way that I knew what I was never going to take in anybody's relationship. Mm -hmm. And it became so glaringly clear how often I would silence myself or shut myself down to be in a and in something with someone. And I realized that I ain't had to do that and that no one was expecting it of me, but me. So once I, once I started to really get to know me better, that's when I knew I was ready to date. I ain't date him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not, not immediately. I was dating other people right. and I was sorting through the type of stuff I like and I don't like and our partner and in people that I was dating I know that I don't like people dating me for my skin tone. Mm-hmm. That was that was a nice one. I was like, all right. <laughs> don't like that. Like, oh, you so chocolate and I'm so light. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, yeah, dude, chill. Yeah. I feel like a skin tone and not a person. I recognize I didn't like people dating me for my profession because that turned into me doing free therapy. Mm. Um, I learned a lot of things about myself more than anything, what feels right, what doesn't feel right. And then I got really good, really good at being able to call something even before it fully happened to be able to be like, all right, yeah, that's not going to work. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. And sometimes I would go forward with it anyway, just see if it didn't work. And it, and it <laughs> just wouldn't. one more time. Like just one more time. Like, <laughs> let me try. Let me try. And with this person, I had gotten to thinking about them again in a more real way mm-hmm. and, I, you know, just wondering about them, how they're doing, what they're up to and all that. And we started off and I was actually in a space where I could offer friendship. Mm-hmm. And in that, I, at one point I was just like, you know what? I think that I would like to explore the possibility of dating. What do mm-hmm. you think? Mm-hmm. We had a long conversation about that. And then I went out to go see them. And we're talking about three months of conversation back and forth before we ever let anybody else know and before mm. we were official. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We did a lot of work. We had to call all of it out, like how things went down when we were in college together. Like, yo, you didn't tell me that you were struggling with school and struggling to be in a relationship. Like you could have said something. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I, oh, I was a whole selfish asshole back then. I used to be like, oh yeah, she gets what she wants. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I, I, I was insufferable. 
I'm sure. <laughs> and um, just being able to hear what he had to say about what it was like for him to be in a relationship with me back then. Mm-hmm. And for me to talk very honestly about getting back with him that second time and that I dumped him the second time because I was just like, nope. And I wanted to hurt his feelings. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking like, hmm, when you want to hurt somebody's feelings, you probably have no business being back with mm-hmm. Yes, yes. So just we laid all the stuff there on the table and then we started really dating a little and we were constantly checking in some of that love stuff it just picks back in and you just want to be able to say it and then I was times I was like I'm not sure I love you and he's like that's fine Mm. and I was just like that felt better that the level of honesty and and vulnerability that both of us had to display to even get to this point has been incredible. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that a lot of people are willing to do that much work to have those type of conversations, to also talk about how you're going to reintegrate with somebody's family mm-hmm. and your with friend groups. Yeah. Because that's part of the reason why we didn't say anything to anybody. We needed our stuff to shine through first. Right, right. So what you're kind of talking about is something that I often talk about in terms of a relationship autopsy, right? So like going through through kind of all of the wreckage, so to speak, right? And and looking at like what happened there. Mm -hmm. And I think that this is something that you can do both individually and if you're thinking about becoming a couple again. And thinking about the ways that maybe you didn't show up in the ways you wanted to in the relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, how was I not making my needs? Enough? I wish I had your book back then. <laughs> it would have really helped me. Yes, some of these questions are in my workbook, the questions that need answers after a breakup. Um, it really kind of takes you through this whole process of like rediscovering maybe your own voice that might have been kind of diminished in a relationship mm-hmm. and, and helping you to really kind of think about what would you want in a new relationship. Exactly. Whether it be with this person again or someone else. Exactly. And being able to show up for you. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, let's make no mistake about it. Black women specifically are often told exactly how they're supposed to show up in anybody's relationship. And a lot of it has to do with diminishing the self to boost somebody else up. I don't I don't diminish nothing. Right. At all. And you like, I just wanted a partner that was going to be able to be 100% secure with the type of person that I am, with the type of work that I do, and how it is that I show up. And my partner is that person. He was not that person at first. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. had to grow into it, and I had to grow into allowing him to be that. Yes. Because I did. I would calm it down. I would shut it down. I would do things that would let me be a little bit less than I am. And I'm like, if you're going to start with that energy, then you have to keep that Mm -hmm. energy too, sis. Yes, yes. So when you show up, you get to show up fully. And you get to see whether or not they can take being that way with you and whether or not they can actually be with you, all of you, not the pieces that you choose to show them or the way that we diminish ourselves to make them feel better about themselves. I am... I am the breadwinner. I am an alpha in so many ways. And that does not make my partner, uh, you know, behind me. It does not put them beneath me. It means that they are an alpha in ways that I am not. Mm -hmm. They take charge in things that I do not. This house, in a lot of ways, is taken charge by my partner. 
because I will starve us both. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, well, I, I mean, I ordered the Uber Eats, <laughs> cooking, dish doing. Oh yeah, we're gonna be butt naked and hungry in this house because I'm like, I, those things do not interest me. Those are not things that I feel require the the brunt of my attention. I mean, I do them on occasion, but my partner has also been like, stop. Mm-hmm. My partner has been like, you've got to do X, Y, and Z. You are running a business. And as a person running a business, you need more time to run that business. Let me take care of you. And those words were just so real because when we got back together, I did not have a business. Mm-hmm. But now that I do, I'm just like, go ahead, man. <laughs> You got to love it. And is that, I mean, that is the goal for relationships, right? Is that you are able to show up as who you are. And so many of us will still deny it. Yeah. You know, we'll still, we'll still be the ones to turn it off and make it not a thing because Mm -hmm. we will show up as less than who we are. Right. And we got to do better than that. Yeah. Because we don't allow them to learn how to show up for us in all of our strength and in all of our vulnerability. Amen. So we see that throughout the night, um, and we've already kind of alluded to this, uh, throughout the night, Condola is texting or calling Lawrence to see if they can meet up later. Giving me heart palpitations every single time. <laughs> right? And I'm like, what is she going to say? Like, what? Word. And I was about? like, is Lawrence being sneaky? Because that does not speak to his growth. Being sneaky how? Like, like there's more going on between him and Condola than he was letting on? Yeah, that's what mm-hmm. I was like. What's going on here? Mm-hmm. I, you had better. This had better not be you treating Issa the same way that you treated that one. You know, the one chick from like a couple, like a season or so ago, where he's acting like boyfriend material, but really he a fuck boy. Mm. And I'm just like, come on now, don't 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 do that. Yeah, I'm see, hoping I that got, you're being some level I didn't of get honest. that impression. Yeah, I felt like this was kind of out of the ordinary, like maybe he and Condola had been kind of talking, but that maybe she was calling more that night for some reason, which Mm -hmm. led me to believe, like I have seen other people kind of speculate, is she expecting? I hope not. Did you think that? I definitely felt that. When somebody somebody said it, I was like, oh my gosh, she's a (laughs) pregnant (laughs) After the second call, I thought, wow, this is kind of like persistent. Right, like, like, like she must really have something to say. Right, like what's happening that they need to talk tonight. So I don't know. We will see. We will see. So we kind of wrap up the episode. We see they share an Uber on the way back to both of their homes, mm-hmm. and there's this. She TV. makes the assumption that he's still living. <laughs> right, he's still living a little, a little wrong. Right, exactly. And you know, so there's this teasing, and then he tells the Uber driver or the Lyft driver. Um, like, okay, wait for her for five minutes. I just want to kind of show her my plan. Like five long minutes. Uh, right, right. <laughs> so I already knew where we were headed at that point, right? So, so it's like, well, if you in the house, we know what's going on. Right, right. She goes in, she takes a little bit of a tour. And then, let's see, what happens? Does Condola call or text yes. before she goes to the bathroom or after? She went to the bathroom and okay. then... He, I think he called he her. He stepped outside because I think maybe yeah. he, he maybe had texted again or called again and then he stepped outside to call her back. And I can say this. I really appreciate that he didn't just ignore her 
all mm-hmm. night long. He did respond back. I think that some people be acting like they're too busy to send somebody a text message back. I'm just like, well, what is your level of investment with that person? What is their, what is their level of importance in your life? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you just refuse to give them any level of communication back. I actually appreciated that because if she is indeed pregnant or something else is going on on her mm-hmm. end, at the very least, knowing that somebody is saying, all right, I'm about to get back with you. Let me, let me, I'll hit you up soon. Mm-hmm. These things, I'm like, yes, they help to reduce another person's anxiety. Right. So I so was appreciative was, of that, even that though that's was, not how it went down. Right. That he was considerate yes. um, of, of her feelings. So we see that Issa does see him step out. Like she overhears like some of the conversation and she infers that he and Condola are supposed to be meeting up later that night. And so she is kind of on her way to go out and then says, well, what if I want to stay? And I was like, go ahead, girl. Hey, go on, say what you want. And this to me is that piece of her throwing herself in. Yeah. Being like, yes, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm here. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm a jump in with both feet. This is what I want. If this is something that you are also wanting, I want to make sure that I am clear that this is what I want. Mm-hmm. And I so, appreciate that. Yeah, so I can see the, like, I, I feel like there was a part of me that was also, like, good for her for being assertive. And, like, even if he doesn't say yes, like, she stated what she wanted, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but there was also a piece of me that felt like, what what happened here, right? Like, because it, it, it feels like there was a little bit of a competitiveness. May, and I, that may not be the right word, but I can't think of anything else, right? Like, that she knows that he and Condola are planning on meeting up. And so she's now, like, you know, like, throwing her hat in the ring also. And you know what? I didn't get the competitiveness, mm-hmm. but just the, oh, if I don't tell you how I feel, mm. I will, I will be the one wondering what mm. if I will be the one not having done my part. Mm-hmm. I'm not about to step aside and let this woman, because remember she said it before, like, I feel like I built this man uh, and she been, she's going to reap the benefits benefited. of the work that I put in. Right. And so I appreciate it being able to say clearly, like, this is actually what I want. Mm-hmm. If this is something that you are wanting now is the moment to tell me. Yes. Okay. That's a, I like that reframe. I like that reframe. Cause that I'm looking like, don't be like hitting that. no Dwayne at somebody's wedding. <laughs> right. Don't, don't be waiting five years later to come forth. Oh, uh-huh, I'm talking something. about some, will you? Right. <laughs> It's like, no, 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 no. We're not having no different world moments. You're not ruining red weddings. Say it the day before, say it a week before, say it a month before. <laughs> Preferably say it while somebody is maybe not with somebody else. Right, where they Be are honest. at least available. That's, exactly. a, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. So we see that they have all the good sex. And she spends the night. And we see them wake up the next morning. They had a great time. Um, Meanwhile, I was where like, where them clothes come from? (laughs) Right? I had to. So it wasn't until the third watch, because I have not watched it three times. Um, (laughs) It wasn't until the third watch that I realized she had bought the shirt at the art walk. Oh, yes, yes. Thank you. I was just like, oh, so you playing this? Yeah, like, is this Condola shirt? Like, whose shirt is this? (laughs) Like, whose clothes are you wearing, girl? I'm like, okay, thank you. Right, yeah. So I, I, on third watch, I recognized that she had the bag leaving the art walk. So she had actually bought the sweatshirt. Okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Because I was like, wait, wait, wait now. Yeah. 
clothes you wearing? So this they is wake just up a too much. Right. They wake up and he's like, Oh, do you want me to bring you home or call a lift? I don't remember what he said. Um, and she's like, No, I'll walk. I'll walk. I walk. I was that's not that didn't look like anybody's short walk. I just want to make sure <laughs> right, that she I said that. it was right around the corner. That was not right around the corner. By any means. No. But I think it was symbolic. And I also saw that Natasha did an interview about it, right? Because we often will hear that morning after walk as the walk of shame, so to speak. But this was yeah. not a walk of shame. Like she this was, was very a walk proud, of right? And I think it's also interesting that, of course, in the opening scene, we saw her fall on her face in these heels that she could barely walk in. And yeah. now she's like strutting down the streets of LA in these heels feeling you know, it seems like really good about herself. Feeling herself. I mm-hmm. was like, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't be happy. And I really do like that it was reframed away from mm-hmm. a walk of shame. Yes. Especially because Black women are often taught to be yes. ashamed of their sexuality. We right. don't need any more rhetoric that sort of confirms that. Right. So being able to see it like there's joy, there's peace. Mm-hmm. Um, a walk of reflection because she looked like she was still, you know, thinking things through. Right. Um, not Not like pensively, but not like, in a in her head Issa typical way. Yeah. Yeah. But in a way of like, yes, I am I'm I'm good with how things went. Mm-hmm. And if you know, based on the preview for next week, I'm looking like in a way that says, okay, I'm ready to confront more things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. So now we can get into our predictions. So Yay! so what do you think? This means, so you've already kind of shared that you are hopeful that this is like a closure kind of a situation, not necessarily yeah. that they're getting back together. I'm hoping that this is a full close of this chapter. And that, mm-hmm. that means that from here on in, when they are in space together, it's not been to be awkward or anything mm-hmm. like that. But I'm not, I'm not hoping for a reunion of mm-hmm. Issa and Lawrence. Mm-hmm. I'm actually hoping for quite the opposite. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping for something that offers them both clarity about everything mm-hmm. the sort of the sort of closure that people say that they're looking for right i'm hoping that they actually got that yeah that, that they're able now to be in a space like if they were to get together and i'm not 100 percent opposed mm-hmm. i just don't want it to be another situation where they fall in love mm-hmm. because falling in love of course talks like you have no choice Yes. You always have a choice. I would want them to grow in love and to mm-hmm. be intentional in love, not be falling in it. Yeah. But she fell on her face. <laughs> <laughs> Way to bring that full circle. Way to bring that full circle. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Like, I don't actually think that this is the beginning of them getting back together. And like you, I'm not opposed to them. I mean, this was shot so beautifully and written so beautifully that it makes me feel like, oh, so cute together like I like them together right when I had not thought that before they got jokes (laughs) right I was just like oh I like that but But I'll be real I really liked her with Nathan and even you know before he ghosted and everything like that and Mm -hmm. I and I feel like he he was in I guess maybe in that moment specifically something that she needed Mm-hmm. To add that level of I got you encouraging do yes. the thing that you want to do yes because I mean honestly let's let's be real that should have been Molly mm. even at that point it should have right. been Molly right and it was not Good point but Good point. it was this guy mm-hmm. and he got to see the fruits of her labor you're right and that I mean we know they have laughs we know that they they communicate well so mm-hmm. I actually would prefer that but mm-hmm. I mean 
I also know that people be like, don't be going back to no exes. So, I mean, <laughs> if there's a new person in the, in the picture, I don't, see, I don't see nobody yet, but right. I'm going to bring them on. I'm ready. Yeah, we, we'll be open to it. Yeah, but I also think what a lot of us, like I saw a lot of people say that they felt like this was their favorite episode, like of the series. I mean, I because think, it you so know, peaceful. it was so peaceful. And I think given like, again, that the world is on fire right now, we I think that it felt very, it felt very calm. It felt really nice to see people like laugh together and tease one another and be in that way that we are. To with see one some another. black love. Yes, yeah, to see black love. But I think it also highlights how you can be familiar and comfortable with someone and that still not necessarily mean you need to be in a relationship with them and how sometimes we confuse it how sometimes we confuse that right because they of course have jokes because they like have known each other for years for years yeah like yes they are familiar with each other of Mm. course they have inside jokes of course there is you know that space of we got love for each other Mm -hmm. but just because you have love doesn't mean you have to be together Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I actually think what's going to happen is that he is probably going to get offered a job in San Francisco, but is going to find out that Condola is expecting. And then we'll be forced to kind of make a choice maybe about whether he moves or whether he stays. Ooh, that's That's what I'm I know, I know. I don't know. I just, I had that feeling. And so then when I saw people online saying they thought that she was pregnant too, I was like, oh my gosh, it's not just me. So So y'all all been just dreaming of this. (laughs) Just dreaming of fishes. Right, dreaming of fish. Somebody <laughs> mama is dreaming of fish, and we think it means condola. I don't know. I don't know. We might be completely left field, left out of field with that, but we will see. And so, like you said, in the preview, we see that next week she has called Molly, it seems, to have this kind of conversation about, like, how do we maybe regroup? Yup, and I'm looking mm. forward to that. I have been yes. ready. <laughs> so I, I have to be honest. I am feeling the kind of way that she made the call. Ditto. Oh, absolutely ditto. Mm-hmm. I definitely feel a way about that as well because it speaks to patterns in their relationship and mm-hmm. it's almost like nothing's changed then because mm-hmm. I have to reach out to you. Yes, I agree. So I agree. It, it to me speaks to... It makes me wonder what kind of energy Molly is going to be coming in with. And if it's going to be that I wasn't wrong, you was wrong energy. And be sort of sitting there the same way that she was sitting there in that restaurant when, you know, when Issa pulled up and was like, nah, and left. Molly, to me, was so mean in that moment. Like when she was talking about it to Andrew and was like, yes. she running from me like she running from a real job. Uh-huh. I was like, ooh, that, yes. that let me know exactly what you think of her. And, you know, even in this preview, we see, like, she's, like, even still with Andrew having conversations about, like, not really wanting to have this conversation. Like, I don't remember exactly what she used, but it seems like she still, of course, feels away. Yeah. Yeah. We will have to see what's going to happen with them. So, I think, what, we only have two more episodes? Yeah. Is that it? Right? So, we have, we have, I know, so sad. We need And I'm just like, I don't know if this is enough time to resolve. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. We only got two more episodes. So, and you know, of course, it's not going to completely resolve because, of course, they've already been picked up for season five, right? Yeah. Um, so we will have at least one more season to kind of figure out what is happening with everybody. Yeah. And I'm hoping that at some point, I'm, I'm I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still just speculating. I'm really just hoping that Molly puts away some of the other stuff and maybe is able to see how she was wrong and is able to offer a genuine apology and some level of restitution for what happened. 
Mm-hmm. Well, we saw when she was on the vacation with Andrew that she called to her therapist. So hopefully we will see even in this next episode, maybe a conversation with her therapist or maybe her reflecting on what she talked about in therapy. That would be nice. That would be great. That would be Because I'm like, I know one thing that us therapists do well. <laughs> we help people see themselves. Right. We will ask you a ton of questions. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and some of my clients, you know, they'd be like big mad, little mad. They'd be like, so, I mean, you're going to snatch my whole wig? <laughs> you're not going to leave me no edges? I'm like, you didn't even need them edges. Right, you ain't need them. They'll, they'll grow back. You're fine. Yes. And they're going to grow back in a, a whole new, healthier way. Healthy, right. Like, nice and thick. Hair. You don't want that other stuff. Like, come on. <laughs> Get snatched. Get snatched. So I'm hoping that, like, even if, it does turn out that, you know, Issa's the one that calls Molly and maybe the conversation doesn't go as expected or as desired. Mm-hmm. Um, that maybe the next thing is Molly going to her therapist mm-hmm. and having a conversation and getting her wig snatched just a little <laughs> bit. A little and then tough. maybe she will then be the one to reach back out to Issa mm-hmm. and to apologize and to actually mean it because she would have done some reflection of herself where she's being challenged because I'm going to be real. I'm a little disappointed with Andrew. How? I'm looking like he do gentle challenging and that's all great and good. But I'm just like, where is the real challenging here? Mm. So you feel like he, there may need to be like a, a more intense maybe conversation in terms of challenging her. Yeah. Cause I'm just like, yeah, I, I appreciate that. He's a lovely and wonderful and almost perfect guy, <laughs> but he also seems a little bit passive. Yeah. So, I mean, so we did not talk about the episode last week where she went on vacation. We didn't do a recap after that one, but there was this whole blow up with the family. Right. And so it could be that maybe we will see some of the aftermath of that, because I did not expect that to resolve as like easily as it did, given like the back and forth she had with his brother. Word, I was like, what's up? I'm yeah. like, now, don't get me wrong. Brother was dead oh, wrong. Oh, he was super wrong. So wrong. Yeah. But I'm like, at the same time, I'm just like, um, Andrew, you still sort of left her out here by herself when they were having that argument. You, but at the same time, I'm just like, there's no level of nothing coming from you. Like, what's up? I'm mm-hmm. just like, I feel like he just gives like these small little nuggets of revelations for her. And I'm just like, so you don't have like a plate of revelation? You only have nuggets? (laughs) Well, I mean, it could be that he knows that she can only take nuggets at this point. We don't know. So, so much yet to be seen, right? So much in two episodes, we got to answer all of these questions. Yes, I'm just, I'm excited and I'm looking forward. I am, you know, I'm in happy anticipation. I'm not, Mm -hmm. my stomach not in knots like it was when they had that blow up. I was just like, (gasps) yeah, you're right. We're just, we're just hoping. No deep breaths in. I feel like I'm ready to exhale. I'm just waiting to exhale. We just want to see how and if they are going to to try to uh, resolve this friendship. I really, I really do hope that they're able to do so. And even if they're not able to do so all in the, you know, in the space of the rest of this season, I think that that is also true for how we move. Mm -hmm. So like the same way that it took Lawrence and Issa all this time to be able to hash it out and put the stuff and lay it there the way Mm -hmm. that they did in this episode. Maybe that ends up being part of the, the Molly Issa work as well, that it is ongoing work. I would love to see the both of them in therapy together Mm. because I think that they both have some things that um, I think that both have some legit grievances that they should be able to air out in all honesty 
and be heard. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. And so we saw that she was able to do that with Lawrence many years later. And so it could be the same kind of thing with her and Molly that because that is the kind of conversation they also need to have. Oh, absolutely. What happened here? You know, like y'all been messed up since season one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there there really needs to be an autopsy in this relationship to kind of see what has happened here. So when you gonna write that book? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> see how you always gotta go too far see how you always gotta go too far with love <laughs> well thank you so much for joining us again this week you will likely be back well we know for sure you're gonna be back in two weeks now you might be back next week depending on what happens in this Sunday's episode we'll see but it's not gonna blow up this episode all good vibes peaceful so. vibes so likely vibes. likely we'll be chatting with you again in two weeks to do a finale recap to to chat about everything we see in the finale all right i'm excited <laughs> well thank you i'm so glad dr oreo was able to join us again this week don't forget to check out the show notes at therapyforblackgirls.com slash session 158 for links to our previous two conversations or to grab your copy of her book, Cocoa Butter and Hair Grease. And please share your takeaways and predictions with us on social media using the hashtag TBG in session. Don't forget to share this episode with the other insecure fans in your life. If you're looking for a therapist in your area, be sure to check out our therapist directory at therapyforblackgirls.com slash directory. And if you want to continue digging into this topic and meet some other sisters in your area, come on over and join us in the Yellow Couch Collective, where we take a deeper dive into the topics from the podcast and just about everything else. You can join us at therapyforblackgirls.com slash YCC. Thank y'all so much for joining me again this week. I look forward to continuing this conversation with you all real soon. Take good care. Hey ladies, it's Dr. Joy. As women, we put our hearts into everything. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month and it's time to focus on our heart health. Release the Pressure wants to help Black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. During High Blood Pressure Education Month, let's help get to our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Visit iHeartRadio.com RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. That's iHeartRadio.com slash RTP. You may have heard that most people who are Black have O-type blood. O is commonly needed for emergencies. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? Regardless of blood type, every day our blood saves lives and eases the pain of those living with sickle cell. Donate blood at Red Cross to help save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now.
Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Girl Bomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate Girl Bomb grip and professional grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Girl Bomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girl Bomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. Nowadays, a lot of these big companies pretend to care about our communities and issues with nothing more than lip service. State Farm is the opposite. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help educate in financial literacy give early career advice, and grow Black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something they care deeply about. They want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't mean authenticity, that it takes a good neighbor to sponsor programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements and to fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of Black and Brown youth that to date participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 